So your like engagement anniversary is coming up. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, because I guess the Super Bowl got pushed back. Now they added an extra week, so it's February fifth. That's so today. That is today. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I didn't remember the day of the of the proposal. Oh my god. Wow. I, I should have played that off like, yeah, I know. I have to. <laughs> Can you edit that? <laughs> we'll just edit it to be going like, I know. <laughs> This is Admissible. I'm Natalie Blazer, Dean of Admissions at UVA Law. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. I've been wanting to do this type of interview for a long time. Anyone who's a careful listener of the show will have picked up on the fact that today's topic has kind of always been in the background of some of our shows. Um, And that topic is love. So today, in honor of Valentine's Day... I'm bringing love from the background of the show to the foreground, to the spotlight. You'll notice we're even breaking out of our usual Friday release schedule to bring you this episode on Valentine's Day. Now, whether you're a fan of this holiday or really can't stand it, neither here nor there, because February 14th is really just my excuse to bring you a great love story. And who doesn't love that? So that's exactly what today's show is, a real bonafide Law school love story. (laughs) Having said all that, I am thrilled and really honored to introduce my guest today, two distinguished UVA law professors who not only are married to each other and teaching here at the law school, but in fact, they met here at UVA law as law students. It does not get more lovable than that, and I cannot (laughs) wait to share their story. My first guest, Crystal Shin, is a professor and the director of the Holistic Youth Defense Clinic and teaches courses on juvenile justice and public service lawyering. She joined the law school in 2017 and served as the first full-time faculty director of the program in law and public service from 2017 to 2020. Crystal was previously a clinical assistant professor at William & Mary Law School, where she directed the Pele Special Education Advocacy Clinic. Under her supervision, law students provided free legal representation to children with disabilities and their families. Before joining William & Mary, she was a legal aid attorney. In that role, she provided legal representation to children and families in the areas of special education, school discipline, juvenile justice, and immigration. During that time, she supervised law students in the Child Advocacy Clinic at the University of Virginia School of Law. Prior to law school, Crystal taught fourth grade in Henderson, North Carolina through the Teach for America program. Her students served as her inspiration and motivation to attend law school. She received her BA and JD from the University of Virginia, where she was the 2010 recipient of the Margaret G. Hyde Award. Crystal's legal aid work began through the Powell Fellowship, a postgraduate fellowship offered by UVA Law to help recipients provide legal services to indigent and underserved clients. Joining Crystal is her husband and law school classmate, Jordan McKay. Jordan teaches trial advocacy at the law school as an adjunct professor. He is also currently an assistant United States attorney in the Western District of Virginia. He has also served as a state prosecutor. Prior to his transition to public service, Jordan was an associate at Mitchie Hamlet in the firm's commercial litigation group. 
Jordan also clerked for Judge Alfred S. Irving Jr. of the D.C. Superior Court in Washington, D.C., where he was exposed to various areas of family and civil law. Jordan graduated cum laude with a B.A. in history from Amherst College and received his law degree from the University of Virginia. While in law school, Jordan was an executive editor of the Virginia Journal of Social Policy and the Law. Me too. And a member of the Black Law Student Association's national champion mock trial team. Wow. Crystal and Jordan, both UVA Law, class of 2010, which means we overlapped by one year at the law school. Very exciting. I am honored to have you on the show today. Welcome. My first married couple joining me in the studio. This is very exciting. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So I'm going to start with an icebreaker. What is your favorite restaurant in Charlottesville? Oh, there's so many. I feel like our new restaurant, new favorite restaurant is Botanical Fair, the oh, vegan place downtown. Love. Which our, is surprising because I am not a vegan But he person. loves the food there. <coughs> our favorite fancy restaurants are probably Zocalo and Conmole. Yes. Ooh. And Zocalo has like nostalgia factor, at least like for law school for me. Yeah. I don't know about you <laughs> yeah. guys, but like. Yeah, I mean, it was just been around forever. Right, so, right. I mean, but I never ate there as I a I wasn't law fancy student. enough to eat there as yeah. a law student. I would go to the bar. There yeah, sometimes. now that I say that, I think but. the only time I went there as a student was like a firm recruiting <laughs> event. <laughs> I couldn't afford Probably to eat there so. either. <laughs> okay, so as mentioned in your bios, Crystal, you came to law school after teaching for a few years. Jordan, you came straight through from undergrad. I want to just start with a little bit about your law school application journey? Like, what do you remember about the process? Pretty much all of our listeners are going through this. Um, so what was that process like, and how did you ultimately end up at UVA? I was always interested in law school as an undergraduate student here, but I am a first-generation college student and professional student, so I didn't know any lawyers and didn't ha- receive any recommendations from folks about law school. Uh, but I was doing Teach for America in North Carolina and super busy lesson planning, grading, you know, just prepping things for my students. And I just didn't have the time to really research law schools. And because I had gone to UVA as an undergrad, that was a no-brainer. And my reasoning behind that was I know where the grocery store is. I know (laughs) friends there, so I have built-in roommates. Um, And so that was really the reason why I applied. I only applied to UVA and one other school. And was deciding between the two. Um, and my father, who didn't go to college, who's you know a blue-collar worker, when he learned that I was considering the lower-ranked school because I had received a very generous scholarship, he told me, like, no, you're going to UVA because you're not going to get a job if you go to this much lower-ranked <laughs> school. And he, it turned out he was absolutely right because we graduated during the recession. And oh it was God, hard yes. for uh, law student, uh, recent grads to find jobs, for 3Ls to find jobs. And so that's wow. how I ended up at UVA Law. Yeah, great advice from dad. <laughs> <laughs> how about yes. you, Jordan? Um, I knew that I wanted to go to law school and be a lawyer back in high school. Um, the school that I went to, they would have sort of these uh, – elective courses. And I did one called, I think it was called the rule of law or introduction to law. And it was taught by a former assistant Commonwealth attorney in Martinsville, Virginia, who ended up becoming a criminal defense attorney. And from that point, I knew oh, I want to go to law school. And I was also, uh, I was a history major in college. And I just saw the law's impact in major uh, historical 
events. So I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. And so with respect to the, the law school application process, um, at Amherst, we had a, I don't know if it was a career center or what it was called, but they sort of had a list of law schools that were, you know, highly ranked for this area of law or that area of law. And um, I was interested in constitutional law, but didn't had no idea what that really meant. Yeah. And I saw that uh, UVA was top in that list. But I went to a high school, small private high school in Martinsville, Virginia, and I had a lot of former classmates who went to UVA for undergrad, and I just thought that that was too close to home. But my mother kept saying, like, oh, no, you need to apply to UVA. You need to apply to UVA. And it was because they had a good family friend who went to UVA. It's one of the first black graduates of yeah, the law school. Robert Williams. Um, oh. And he was a good friend of theirs. And my mom was like, no, you need to apply. You need to apply. And so I finally just applied. So to she appease would, your mom. <laughs> so she would stop bothering me about it. Um, and then, yeah, a couple months later, I got uh, just a small envelope from UVA. And I thought, oh, it's a rejection letter. Because usually the acceptance letters came in bigger envelopes. Yeah, so, so I almost threw it away. it away. I almost just recycled it right away. But I was like, you know, it, it's not going to kill me. Let me just yeah. read it. And so I opened it up, and yeah, I wow. got in. And there was a little, like, return uh, card I needed to send in if I was going to accept it. And so, yeah. I love the role that the parents played in this, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, yeah. Okay, so... 2007, you both get to Charlottesville. You're both 1Ls. My understanding is you're not in the same small section. Right. Right. Okay. So just kind of set the stage. Like, how and when did you first meet or see each other? Like, how did 1L year kind of take shape? We were in the same Civ Pro class because we were in sister sections. So each semester, our two sections were, we were in one class together. So I remember Jordan in our Civ Pro class. He <laughs> was dressed almost daily in like khakis, a button down shirt. He carried a briefcase. Whereas like the rest of us, like we just rolled out of bed and, and barely had time to put on sweats, but he came looking like a little business person. <laughs> Um, and I remember that he was kind of a gunner, and he would true. volunteer. Not true. He would volunteer False. to answer questions when I was just like praying and hoping I wouldn't get cold called. <laughs> and so I noticed Jordan right away. I thought he was cute, um, but didn't have that many opportunities to talk to him in fall of one L year. That I'll, I'll correct some of the statements that were made. I didn't have a briefcase. You I did had like, have a brown briefcase. <laughs> it wasn't a briefcase. It was just like a tote bag. Like a, like a leather a, tote bag for your yeah, laptop. For my laptop. It wasn't a a, like a briefcase. This is one of those episodes where I really wish listeners could just see your faces like while the other person is <laughs> story it's amazing yes. but and i also was not a gunner like i did not volunteer yes you did no no and we can talk to professor we should nelson. ask professor nelson i trust his memory better than both of ours he will 100 percent confirm my side of the story so like what were like were there any meaningful interactions like okay i remember like the first time we talked to each other or we were at a party or like anything like that i remember the first time we really had a substantial conversation with each other was actually 
in my memory, second semester 1-0 year in property because we were in property class together. And somehow we got in a conversation about North Carolina and about basketball. And you started talking about how you were you taught at North Carolina and how a lot of people there were NC State fans. It was hard living in North Carolina because yeah. I'm the biggest UVA sports yeah. fan. So it was it was hard living in North Carolina yeah. surrounded by red because all the state fans and blue, all the UNC right. fans. Yeah. And did but, you have a team? Did like I, Yeah, I'm a... Uh, this is a source of contention oh, in our marriage now. Oh. Don't I, say it. <laughs> I cheer for a team. That is located in North Carolina. Oh, no. No. That is in Durham, North Carolina. Oh. Yeah, you should have just kept that to yourself. <laughs> I guess we'll get to this point later on, but I think it was our our third, third date, and uh, you just stopped and looked at me and was like, you know what? I don't know if we can continue to date with you being a Duke fan. That's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> and we did stop you, dating. Yeah. And you were so serious, the look of your face. Oh, my God. And it gets worse because I'm also a Cowboys fan. And oh, she I'm cheers a Washington for fan. Yeah. yeah. D.C., right? Yeah. Wow. And you overcame a huge obstacle like that. I cannot wait to get to that part, Crystal. Okay. So, so you're in school. You had the basketball conversation, the North Carolina conversation. Were you involved in like any of the same like student orgs or were like not really? I was really involved in Pila. I was one of the auction directors for two out of my three years in law school. I spent a lot of time helping with fundraising for Pila because at that point that was the primary source of um, funding for summer fellowships. I was involved in a lot of pro bono work, um, clinics. And so we really did not participate in the same activities. What were you involved in in law school? I was involved in primarily balsa. So know. I guess during 3L year, we hung out because we had mutual friends. And at that point, I had a full-on crush on Jordan. Oh. But he just didn't ask me out. And so my best friend from law school, we were in the same section, and we just became BFFs first day of orientation, Jessica Childress, and I talked about this endlessly, and I told her, you know what, I'm just going to move on. And she convinced me to wait until Super Bowl Sunday. She said, just give him until Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> to see if he'll ask you out. And she didn't have any intel. She just had a sense that he liked me too, that we would yeah. be good, we would be a good couple. And so she encouraged me to wait till Super Bowl Sunday. And that deadline came and went, and he did not ask me out. And so at this Were point, the Cowboys I had playing that year. <laughs> no. Oh, please, no way. It was the Colts and the Saints. So I have a lot to say about this. I want to hear Jordan's now yeah. Jordan side of like what took so long. Crystal had been developing this crush. Had you also been developing a crush? And where did you stand like that Super Bowl Sunday? Had it not hit you yet? Like, t t tell me oh, your no. side. I was. I, you were definitely not me. interested no. our first and second year. You just thought of me as a friend. Yeah. Um, it was 3L year because we were in civil rights litigation together. I sat on one end of the class. You sat on the other end of the class. And there were times where I think I saw you looking at me no. across the classroom. No. <laughs> yeah. That did not happen. I was focused on the class content. Um, 
And did we were we on G Chat together? Where we talked to each other G-chat. during the class. <laughs> Is that something? Yeah. Yeah. On Gmail, yes, yeah. we would think, talk on GChat. Yeah, and again, Crystal is a huge UDA fan, and so she would set up these tailgating parties before football games. And oh, so I went UVA to a couple. Football games. Yeah, so I went to That's a couple great. of those, and she knew all the players. She knew all the rules. Like, and wow. I was like, oh, this is. I was I was interested. Then I was I did the J term. I don't know if UVA, do they still have the I think the they J- still have J-Term in Paris. In Paris? Yes, they do. Yeah, so that's Jordan a good plug for students who are interested in UVA. Well, so so you did that. I, I did that. So I was in Paris, and um, again, I would talk to Crystal a On lot. chat <laughs> <laughs> And I remember I would go to a, a McDonald's because they had uh, free Wi-Fi. And I would get on and I would talk to Crystal. He would wait to see if I was going <laughs> to log on wait. to G-Chat. You oh. said that you waited. I would look to see if you were on he's G-Chat. He's in Paris and all he's thinking about is G-Chatting you. Yeah. And, and I he got brought sweet. me a present from Paris. I got Paris. her a scarf. So I was like, oh, it's definitely going to happen. Oh. He's going to ask me out. And I was then just shy and nervous. Oh. And, he's yeah. nervous. So then, so then Super Bowl Sunday comes and goes. So then Jordan, tell us how, what, when and how did you actually get the nerve to, to ask her on the first date? Well, I, I, I think I just remember saying, like, look, if you don't do it, you're going to end up, like, regretting it and saying, like, what if? Or, and so I was like, let me just ask her. And I just remember, like, I was taking a long time to leave her apartment, and I was slowly stalling to get up the nerve Aww. to ask her. And then I finally went, was like, well, you know, uh, I kind of like you. Aww. Um, and would you like to go on a date? And I remember she had like a, you had a slight smile there. So I thought like, okay, she's going to say but yes. But in, in my mind, I was thinking, I kind of like you. Like, what are things I kind of like? I kind of like strawberry ice cream, you know? I kind of like watching well, he's, baseball. He's not going to show up and be like, I love you. Let's go on our first date. He has yeah. this sort of hedge. Yeah. And oh. our first date was it was April second, and oh. it was at the Shabin. The Shabin, an oldie but goodie that's no RIP. longer here. Such a great date spot. And I choice. picked the Shabin because I knew if the date was horrible and it went wrong, it wouldn't ruin that restaurant for me because the food was so good that I would still <laughs> want to come back. As so I was like, the Shabin, that's the spot. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> And it was the most awkward date ever. Basically, before the date, I think Jordan had prepared 100 questions to ask on the date and just ask them in succession. One, two, three, four, just down the road, just asking me question after question. And no sooner would I answer a question, he would throw the next question at me. And sometimes I would answer the question and say, well, what about you? And he would, he just looked like like a deer in the headlights because he didn't even remember the question because he had already prepped to ask the next question. So I just felt like I was talking the entire date and Jordan was just interrogating me, asking me question after question. Yes, it was not a good direct examination. (laughs) (laughs) But you wanted to be prepared. I will say I would prefer that over somebody who's just talking about themselves the whole time and not asking any questions. I would say that's way more common. So he wanted to get Thank to know you. you. He needed a little structure. We're all lawyers, you know, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> but so something made you agree to a second date. So how? So what happened? My best friends, Jessica and Adam, 
said, just give Jordan five dates. Just go out with him five times. And if you think it's not going to work out, that's fine. We won't hound you about it anymore. Five dates is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So the second date, we went to a baseball game. And I remember my my plan was we'll go to the baseball game and then we would get something to eat afterwards. But I think you had already had dinner or lunch or whatever the time the game was. You had already ate. And so you weren't interested in eating afterwards. And I was like, ugh, that is not a good sign. (laughs) And I did my second check mark. Two of five, done. Okay, so the second one was a baseball game. Yes. No food. And then what was what happened after that? Duke played UVA. We made a bet. And we made a bet oh. that if UVA won, I think I had to paint my face. Blue and, and orange. Yeah, blue and orange. And, and come, come to, to class, class the day. next day with a blue and orange face. Now, I accepted that bet because I do. There's no there way Duke's no losing this game. Oh, my God. And so my bet was that Crystal had to wear, I had an old Grant Hill jersey. That she had to wear that Duke Grand Hill jersey, leaving the stadium, leaving JPJ, and also at school the next day. No. Yeah. And so we're sitting in two different spots of the stadium, but I can see her. And I still remember this play. It was like John Shire, who's now the coach at Duke, like does this step back three and knocks it down. And the score is 63 to 36. And I could see Crystal's face, and I'm like, this isn't good. Because, you know, at this point, I, I, I like her. I kind of oh. like her. <laughs> at this point, I like her, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. Yeah. So I leave my seat to go to get to her to say, like, hey, you don't have to. You don't have to do this You don't thing. have to do yeah. this. I'm calling it off. But I can't get to her in time. And the buzzer hits. The, the game's over. And I see her, like, reach down in her bag and pull out the jersey and put it on, which, again, is awesome because she doesn't know that I'm there. So, like, she honored the agreement, even though, like, she could have easily have just walked out and been like, no, like, I'm unilaterally rescinding this. What did my face look like? You look mad. (laughs) And I tried to tell you after the fact, like, after you put the jersey on and you started to walk up the stairs, I was like, hey, you don't, like... You did not talk to me. You barely looked at me. It's like, what kind of monster would make someone do this? But then when you did that, when you on, I was like, man, this I, I like this girl Aww. even more. Like, she's, she's a, a woman trooper. of her word. Yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately, because of his devotion to Duke, we decided to call it quits. I decided I to call it quits. It wasn't that, was it? So you didn't do the five days. So, so that was we didn't days. make it to five. We did three days. We made dates. it to three. And so then what happened? Um, we bar exam. Like we graduated. We spent a very awkward summer studying for the bar. Now, were you guys taking the same state? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right. both doing sat Virginia for the Virginia bar. bar. Okay. So yeah. we spent the summer in the same circle. Um, and so we were in the same room every day, watch for the bar lesson, um, and then. We took the bar exam and went our separate ways. I stayed in Charlottesville for a legal aid job. You moved to D.C. Yes. He yeah. had already moved on. He was going to sign up for It's Just Lunch. 
That oh dating my God, site. The dating I app is just lunch. No listeners will have ever heard of that, but I know it's just lunch. <gasps> but yeah, this is all before Tinder or any of like oh, other yeah. dating sites. This is sites. like very early. This is very, days. very early. We yeah. didn't even have like Instagram. We barely oh. had Facebook at that yeah. point, right. right? Oh my gosh. So, yeah. so what was, happened? So yeah. we reconnected over Labor Day weekend yeah. that same year. How did that happen? I tell was your story. driving <laughs> up from North Carolina. I had been a bridesmaid in a friend's wedding, and I had a long drive from North Carolina back to Virginia. And so I was just calling multiple friends to catch up. And then I called Jordan because um, I think, oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. I, I should catch up with him. And so we had a great conversation. Uh, and then I think we even talked the next day. And I think the next day we decided, should we try this again? And I remember when we started dating that second time, we had a conversation about, let's be serious about this relationship. And I said something like, if a year from now, if we're still dating, but one of us is unsure about whether we want to get married, let's just end it and let's not waste anyone's time. And you All agreed. the ultimatums and the deadlines and the... <laughs> but that, yeah, so you agreed to that. Yeah. Okay. So then when was the wedding? Where did you get married? It was September 2nd, 2012. We got married at UVA. So we had our ceremony at the chapel and then the reception at Alumni Hall. And so it was very UVA and Charlottesville centric. We had all local wines and beers. We had a local caterer. Um, It was just wonderful to see all of our UVA friends and professors and friends from undergrad I love that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So we have a lot to cover and not a lot of time left. So um, your careers, as I mentioned in your bios, have taken you sort of obviously you're both now back at the law school teaching. So, you know, you're both here in Charlottesville and connected to the law school where you first met, which I love. Um, But you're also, I would say, on sort of different sides of, Mm -hmm. you know, Crystal, you're doing youth defense. Mm-hmm. Jordan, you are prosecutor. A prosecutor. Yeah. So I and and obviously you overcame being a Duke fan <laughs> and a UVA fan. So I feel like no, you, there's nothing you can't overcome after that. But but does that ever come into play? Like obviously you you are good about your differences, but I'm just curious, like how that works. You're two lawyers living in the same house, doing very different types of work. I think it was harder, in a sense, when I was the the state prosecutor because you were going up against my my colleagues in a lot of matters, mm-hmm. and we were appearing in front of similar judges. Mm-hmm. We never we never were on the same docket, yeah. obviously, because of the conflict of interest. So Jordan right. never prosecuted youth. Yeah, and you dealt with um, the same officers, right? Mm-hmm. Like there. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, yeah, there again, was... I wish people could see <laughs> their faces. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was helpful having yeah. Jordan's perspective, yeah. just because he knew the players very well. And so, times where I want to go hard on every single thing, Jordan would give me a different perspective. Well, consider this from the prosecutor's perspective. Consider this from the police officer's perspective. And you do the same to me. I think. Um, hearing some of Crystal's uh, clients' stories and backgrounds, it always 
helped to anchor me because you know when you're especially when you're a state prosecutor you you don't get a lot of information on the offender you only see them on sort of their their worst day of course um and so i think crystal sort of helped balance balance me on that end it's like this is a real person. Yeah, this we is talk their a lot about circumstances. Yeah. This we is talk, their upbringing. Right. Yeah. We yeah. talk a lot about sentences. I like to remind Jordan and all prosecutors that time away from your family when you are jailed or imprisoned impacts not just that person but their family. Mm-hmm. They can lose a job. They can miss a car payment. They can miss rent payment. Um, and in the minds of prosecutors, they might think, oh, it's only a week or two, but it can have such ripple effects on not only the person, the individual, but their families. And so I just think it's very important for prosecutors and judges to remember all the consequences, direct and collateral, that go along with detaining people and imprisoning people. And I always try to balance justice with mercy and thinking about those collateral consequences that come with sort of any sort of prosecution. Yeah. It's making me think more prosecutors and defense attorneys should be married. You know, (laughs) one of my clinic students had mentioned that to me, Uh like maybe the best way to sort of uh, grow progressive prosecutors is to have them marry defense attorneys. Yeah. Um, So you're both now teaching. What do you love about, you know, teaching at the law school? I love that I can still practice law mm-hmm. and still get a chance to teach and, and help train future defenders. It's just a, a perfect mix for me. Um, there was a time where I didn't get to practice law and I was just teaching. Uh, in the clinical world, we call it podium teaching. And while I enjoy that as well, I love being a lawyer. I love practicing law. So it's a perfect mix, I think, right now for me to be a clinical professor. Yeah. Crystal's the professor in the family. I, with the the trial ad, I enjoy sort of telling the, the war stories mm-hmm. to the students and sort of teaching them how to be good trial advocates in the courtroom. You, you teach think, based on your experience. Yeah, I teach based on that experience. And so, yeah, I enjoy um, sort of letting them see the practical applications of mm-hmm. what they've learned mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. evidence or... Uh, torts and like showing like this is how it's really applied in sort of a courtroom setting. I love watching my students grow throughout the course of the semester. Uh, Some students have more experience when they take my clinic. Some students have less. Some students are nervous. Some students are fairly confident. But every single student who takes a clinic, not just mine, experiences so much growth over the course of the semester. And I I love to see them grow more confident, to see them grow more outraged at the injustices in Mm -hmm. our legal system. Um, I love to see their advocacy. um, And that's just so rewarding to get to see them grow as attorneys and advocates. So given that you both, you know, you're seeing students firsthand, you were law students, um, you, you are practicing lawyers, For folks out there applying to law school, um, you know, whether it's something to do with the application process or the selection process or just what it's like to be a law student, like, do you have one piece of advice for anybody who still has this all ahead of them? I'd say for applicants, uh, I think my piece of advice would be just 
to be authentic in your applications, to double check your work, <laughs> make sure there are no typos or any grammar mistakes, um, and to cast your net widely, like consider various schools and various geographic locations. I think for future public interest lawyers, your law school debt can be one of the main obstacles mm -hmm. for you to enter public service work immediately. And so apply to various schools. Um, and if you are deciding between peer schools, you know, you might want to consider the school that gives you the bigger financial package because um, law school debt can be um, just, like I said, the biggest obstacle for public interest lawyers. I do want to plug the Virginia Loan Forgiveness Program. They just raised the salary requirements, basically. So if you do go to UVA or to another school that has a comparable loan forgiveness program, you will get help paying back your loans. But I agree with you 100%. If you're coming out with $300,000 of debt and hoping to go into a legal aid position, that's going to be a factor, right? Yeah. Anything to add to that, Jordan? I totally agree with, with everything Crystal just said. I think, yeah, one advice I give, and this is almost just um, for applicants and even for students, is don't self-select yourself out of opportunities. So there are a lot of times where even when I'm talking to law students, they're like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to apply for this clerkship because I don't think I'll get it. I was like, you don't, yeah. you don't know. You don't so know true. what that judge is looking for. So you know, apply for it, and you never know what what's going to happen. So, um, yeah. I would also say get to know your professors. I got to know many of my professors as a law student, um, and they became mentors to me. And yeah. even now, um, they are still great mentors to me. I think that sometimes students may be shy about getting to know your professors, but we're here because we want to invest in you. We yeah. want to be helpful to you. We want to have a relationship with our students. Well, and this is why I love having faculty on, because anyone listening can tell that you two <laughs> would be very approachable, very accessible, um, definitely people who are invested in the students and, and want the best for them. Um, before we go, I just want to say that you two welcomed recently a new addition to your family. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, we have a baby girl. And she is wonderful and a lot. <laughs> so we are navigating yeah. I don't being know. two working parents and um, raising a tiny human. Yeah. yeah. And I think we decided she's UVA Law class of 2048. That's right. Yes, conservatively. <laughs> and she goes straight through. Yeah, that's right. Well, especially having said that, you two are, are full-time working professionals, law professors, prosecutors, you know, Parents, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be here. This was just awesome. Thank but you, thank Natalie. You. Yeah, thank you we for the invitation. This has been Admissible with me, Dean Natalie Blazer at the University of Virginia School of Law. My guests today were Crystal Shin and Jordan McKay from the class of 2010 at UVA Law. For more information about our law school, please visit law.virginia.edu. The next episode of Admissible will be out soon. In the meantime, you can follow the show on Instagram at, at @admissiblepodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts.